Jeremiah 8 and 22, the Bible says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? These are rhetorical questions. Man, when God asks you a question, it's not because He don't know the answer. It's because He wants you to think about something. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Amen. If there is balm there, why are we still sick? Amen. If there is healing in God's house, amen, why are people still discouraged and down? And Well, praise God. Amen. I want to preach a little while from this title. There is balm in Gilead. Amen. There is balm in Gilead. Would you set your Bibles down, lift your hands and your voices to the Lord. Amen. I need some prayer warriors to open up your mouth and help me pray right now that God's going to help us in this place. Come on, why don't you pray in Jesus' name. We need your help today, God. Come on, why don't you join up with somebody. Let's Let's fervently pray for a few moments before we begin this word today. Come on, open your mouth and let God touch you. Come on, why don't you let an old-fashioned prayer come out of your mouth right now. I need your help, God. There's a city that needs your help. There's a world that needs your help today. God, let us be the church. Let us be the conduit today for what you're wanting to do, Lord. Hallelujah, come on. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We exalt you today. We lift you up. Amen. And why don't we praise his name with a hand clap right now? Hallelujah. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I'm going to preach. Everybody say, There is balm in Gilead. Amen. Gilead was the region of Israel that was east of the Jordan River. It uh, was a place that was very fertile, an area of hills. Um, And it was from this area that it grew certain types of plants that they would mix uh, different ointments. and, And these ointments were used in the healing of the body in Many people believe that the balm of Gilead came from the balsamic tree. And this tree, I could preach all day long about the tree. The tree had to become broken, amen, before the healing could come forth. Amen. Thank God for a, an old rugged cross one day. Amen. Thankful for a body that got up on a cross one day and offered itself for the healing of the whole world. Amen. But this balm of Gilead was a very precious commodity. Amen. People depended upon it. It was very valuable. It costed a lot of money. Amen. But while I was preparing to preach today, I began to think about it doesn't matter how great something is on this earth. Amen. There's some things that only God can fix. I said there's some things only God can fix can fix. Uh, Amen. Don't think you're going to walk into the doctor's office and get everything fixed. Uh, There's some things that God Almighty is the only one 
that can reach down and touch humanity uh, and break chains uh, and heal people uh, and deliver people and make new creatures out of people. Well, is somebody gonna help me preach today? Hallelujah. Hey, my hope ain't in this world. I said my hope ain't in this world. My hope is in an almighty God that died for me. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together right now. Are you thankful today for truth? Amen. Telling you there are some hurts that only God can fix. Amen. There are some scars that only God can fix. Man, it hurts me to watch people come in with the same problems and leave with the same problems. Amen. You don't have to leave with the same problems. I said you don't have to leave with depression anymore. You don't have to leave with the spirit of fear on you anymore. You don't have to leave with jealousy wrapped around you anymore. You don't have to leave with envy on you anymore. There's healing in God's house. You'd be shocked what would happen. You'd be shocked what would happen if you let go of your pride for five minutes. I said at Pentecost, we become so sophisticated and got it together so well that there's no tears on the altar anymore. We've turned into coffee shops and programs, but that ain't why we're here, honey. We're here because there's balm in Gilead. We're here because we're hurt and we need God to help us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I mean, I thank God that I was raised in a praying church. I had a praying pastor. Amen, he didn't just tell me to pray, he prayed with me. When I went to the church, it seemed like he was always at the church praying. And when he would pray and I would pray, guess what? All of a sudden, I begin to feel better. I might have walked in with a load on my back, but when I... When I began to pray, that load began to lift. When I began to pray and touch God, I might have walked out and it all wasn't fixed. But I... Hey, praise God. Did you know pride goeth before a fall? I said pride goeth before a fall. It ain't time to sit up on the pew and act like we got it all together. Wondering when the preacher's going to get finished preaching. Uh, hey, it's time uh, that we take up what we got here. Uh, when you realize, hey, there's healing virtue in God's house. Uh, he, I'm telling you, he come to mend the brokenhearted. Uh, he come to give beauty for ashes. Uh, he come to put a praise uh, on you uh, and take away that head. Boy, the devil don't want me preaching this, but I'm going to preach it until it breaks today. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together right now. Come on, everybody across this house, lift your hands. And I want you to pray right now, God, I want to touch you today. I don't want to leave like I came. I want miracles. I, 
on another minute. Come on, let's pray for one more moment. Hallelujah, God's preparing a stage for something miraculous to happen. Come on, he's preparing something beautiful right now. Hallelujah. 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 I believe you, Lord. Come on, you ought to say, God, you've done it before. I believe you'll do it again. You've touched me before. I believe you'll do it again before we leave today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And the first time we hear of this balm of Gilead in the Bible, it's the 37th chapter of Genesis. The Bible said, and they took him, talking about Joseph, and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread. And they lifted up their eyes. This, we're talking about his, his mean brothers right now. They lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh." Amen. This is the first occurrence of this balm, this precious ointment being spoken of in the Bible. These Ishmaelites had come. These were cousins of Joseph, long distance cousins of Joseph. And they had come from the area of Gilead and they were taking this precious ointment down to Egypt to, to trade and to sell and to barter. Amen. And so we, we know we've heard this preached and we've read it many times but I'm telling you Joseph is having a really bad day that day I said he's having a bad day that day hey man he had his custom suit ripped up praise God hey man somebody ripped up his custom coat of many colors that day hey man and took Joseph and threw him into a pit hey man he was rejected by his own brothers let me just tell you, sometimes being hurt by people. I said being hurt by people is more hurtful than somebody taking your custom suit from you. Come on, I'm going to get down to where we're living right now. It ain't about all material. There's a lot of hurt that came from your own brother that God wants to take care of in this building today. Amen. And we know because we've read the story, but Joseph didn't know, but his life was about to get a whole lot worse. He's going to be sold into slavery. He's going to be falsely accused of something by Potiphar's wife. And then he's going to be falsely imprisoned. And then he's going to be forgotten about in the prison. After he interprets the dreams... The baker dies and the butler lives. He says, don't forget about me. Guess what he did? He forgot about him. 
Amen. Joseph don't know all this is happening, but this day I began to pray about this situation and the Lord began to deal with me. I never seen this before. Man, when they pull him out of that pit and put him in that wagon and he's heading into the trial of his life. He's sitting in a wagon full of the ointment. Think about it. Heading into the trial, he's sitting in a wagon full of the balm of Gilead. There's no doubt he's sitting there sniffing that spices and thinking, God, you're my healer. God, you're going to turn this wagon around one of these days. One of these days, God, this trial is going to turn around. Boy, I feel so much Holy Ghost right now, I don't know what to do. Let me tell you who's going to make it out of the trial. It's going to be the ones that go into it uh, with the bomb of Gilead in their soul. You, you can't avoid the trial. You can't get away from the trial. But you can survive the trial if you go into it uh, with that bomb in your spirit. Let me tell you who usually don't make it out. Tell you who usually don't make it out of the trial is the one that was empty in their spirit. Hey, I got a whole other reason you ought to get a daily prayer life. I got a whole other reason you ought to be in the church every time the doors are open uh, because you don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, Hey, I want to be full of the ointment. Uh, I want to be full. Come on, everybody in this house, lift your hands to the Lord together. same trial one of them full of the joy of the Holy Ghost one of them halfway backslid let me tell you what the trial would do it's kind of like money it don't it don't really change you it just lets everybody know what's really in you oh yeah let it settle in for a little while What the trial does, it lets everybody know what's really in you. Uh, And when you get a bad spirit, uh, I I didn't think you'd run the aisles, but what the trial does, it reveals what's in you. Uh, If you cuss everybody out and quit church and kick the dog. uh, Everybody knows what's in you. Uh, Amen, but if you're full of the Holy Ghost and the trial comes, 
It won't be very long. You'll be coming right on back. God. Turn it around, God. Turn the wagon around, God. Bring people back to the house where they belong. Hallelujah. Man, it's another reason to not get mixed up in the drama. I said that's another reason to not get mixed up in the drama that drains people spiritually. One, two, three, four, five. Five honest people in the whole building. It's another reason to not get involved in the drama that drains you spiritually. Hang up the phone. Go back to prayer meeting. Get another touch of the Holy Ghost in your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. After 400 years, 10 plagues, the dividing of the Red Sea, the descendants of Joseph begin to come out of Egypt. What a miracle. What a miracle. I'm telling you, if you go in with this blessing, if you go in with this Holy Ghost, you'll make it out. If you walk into the furnace with the Holy Ghost... When you walk out, you won't even smell like smoke. Hey, I'm preaching to you, church. It ain't time to get down. It ain't time to get discouraged. It ain't time to fall off the wagon. It's time to get more of the anointment, the ointment of the Holy Ghost in your life. Hallelujah. What a great miracle. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt, amen. And then a pillar of cloud begins to lead them by day. And a pillar of fire begins to lead them by night. The Bible talks about a rock. Jesus said, I was the rock that followed them in the wilderness, amen. And they're eating angels' food. You wake up in the morning, there's a cloud <laughs> leading you. Night time, there's a pillar of fire leading you. There's a rock following you, giving you all the water you want. And there's a manna falling out of heaven. I'm telling you, what more would you need to believe that God is really on your side? What else could God do to really show that he's on our side? Praise God. I've watched people come into the doors bound by all kinds of things. and God set them free. Break chains, fill them with the Holy Ghost. And bless them with cars and homes and jobs and all the blessings of this life. And then some little something go wrong. And this damn thing good really loves me. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, the one-armed preacher. Thank you, Jesus. God, take us back. 
Take us back when we were on the other side of the Red Sea. Uh, when somebody was beating our back uh, and we were working for the devil uh, and you brought us out uh, and you put a put a song in my heart. Uh, you feel me. Uh, you delivered me. Uh, come on, church. Come on, it's a wake-up call this morning. Uh, you need to look at what God's already done in your life. Uh, get... Think about how easy it is in the wilderness when the pillar would move. And the pillar began to go off in this direction. The priests began to pack up the tabernacle. They had a plan how you do it. And all two million other people started packing up their tents. It wasn't too hard for you to pack up your tent. Hey Amen. When the two million people started packing up their tents and started walking away. And it was you and your wife and two kids in the wilderness. It wasn't too hard for you to say, you know what? We might as well fall along with the church today. I don't want that rock leaving. I don't know how to dig a well. I think I'll follow that congregation. I don't know if I can whoop a bear or a lion by myself. I think I'll just hang out with the congregation. If, if they're moving, bless God, I'm going to move. That makes it easy. That makes it easy. When you think about the manna's going to fall on them. I don't really like cactus. I'm not really into eating briars. Praise God. When God's feeding his sheep, that's where I want to be. Amen. It, there was a little peer pressure. Praise God, if I want something to drink. When they get up and move their tents, I, I better move mine. Man, when they were traveling through the wilderness, there was 100% attendance at church. Whether they wanted to be there or not, they all went. I might just let that settle in for a little bit. Praise God. If you notice, it's the easiest for the new converts to come to church. Praise the Lord. You ain't got to amen me because I, I prayed and God gave me this. <laughs> so I'm not preaching for amens. I'm preaching to make God happy. Praise God. <laughs> amen. New converts, they, it's easy for them. They, they still think they're about to be left behind. They know they can't make it on their own. They know they were a mess two days ago. They know they need the church bad. And if it's Monday night prayer meeting, you just about count, they're going to be there. If it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, they're going to be there. If it's Wednesday night, they're going to 
be there. Why? Because they know I need the congregation. I will die in the wilderness by myself. Hallelujah. Praise God. But something happened. They made it to the promised land. All of a sudden, they had houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, wells they didn't dig. They didn't have to worry about that rock running off and leaving them. You can be seated. This is what my my pastor would call a, a breakover point. They got the blessings of God in their life. Praise the Lord. And they knew that the priests, when they set the tabernacle up this time, they put them permanent stakes down. So they got to thinking, well, I could go Sunday. Or I could wait till the next Sunday. Because I know they'll still be there. Well, it's getting quiet. Well, they lost that fear of being... Lost. They lost that fear of God. That God still controls the mind. And all God's got to do is turn it around. And you'll go wandering back in the wilderness. and Blame everybody else. And it's everybody else's fault. The church did it to me. The pastor did it to me. The usher did it. What about this? God did it to me. And they began to miss a few sacrifice days. Somebody said the more you miss, the easier it is to miss. This is what I say. The easier it is to miss church, the easier it is to miss heaven. While they were there, they began to dabble. Now that they're settled and there's no fear that I got a well, all I got to do is go out there and pull up the water. They began to lose the fear of understanding of where their blessing come from. They began to dabble in the world, look around at the other nations. and Everything God said don't do, they did. Everything God said do, they quit doing. Amen. That is the height of rebellion. To think that you can do everything God said not to do and still be all right. Amen. And they began to dabble in sin. Ain't very long until they're not worshiping the God that brought them out of Egypt. But they're going to the rock and roll concerts. Well, it ain't very long till they, they got a girlfriend in, on that side of town. And they started going to the girlfriend's church. Worshiping the girlfriend's God. Let me tell you one thing God does not like is idolatry. That's why I don't care if the Razorbacks win or lose. Or if the Cowboys win or lose, 
or if they hit a home run or don't hit a home run. I don't care. I got my eyes on Jesus. He's my savior. He's my helper. You don't believe me. I, the other day I was eating uh, at a restaurant. Two other men and the waiter walked by and there was a, a baseball game gone. He, he walked by and he said, hey, did uh, what's his name? I don't remember what his name was, but did he hit that home run yet? Because this one is going to give him the record. I said, who? And he said his name again. I said, man, I've never met him. <laughs> Anyway, he went on back to the kitchen. The only way I'm going to meet him is that Bible study. If he wants to sit down uh, and hear a little Acts 2.38, uh, I'm going to give you a home run. Uh, I'll tell you how to make it all the way to the other side. Uh, Amen. Israel began to get worse and worse. It's so sad when people begin to slip and if they don't, if you don't get a hold of it and if you don't shake yourself, you won't be very long until you're unrecognizable. That's why when people get a little attitude, I... I get so concerned. Amen. When they used to be so respectful and all of a sudden they all huffy and puffy. I know. I don't recognize that spirit. That was on the other side. That's the Egyptian look. That's not the look of somebody that God parted the Red Sea for. Let me tell you what happened when he parted the Red Sea. Uh, Miriam grabbed the tambourine. Here's what a Christian looks like. The horse and the rider have fallen into the sea. I'm free. I'm free. Hey, if we don't praise him. Rocks are going to cry. And Israel, they lost their zeal for the house of the Lord. And that's a message all by itself. They lost the zeal. And to do other things until they become unrecognizable. I'm telling you, sin, it's rough on people. So I don't guess people's age. There's like a Pentecostal scale and a, a world scale. It's like world minus 20 or whatever. Said, Man, I don't know. My eyes are getting bad. I'm getting old. I can't. How old are you? Surprise me because I'm going to be surprised. Help us, God. Become unrecognizable. You know, what I love about God is that he just, he just keeps on working on people. 
Man, when you, you, you blow it and mess up and stumble and fall, God just, he, he's got these soft, loving hands that he started sending them preachers and prophets and he would stand and preach to them, hey, man, uh, don't go that way. Come on back to the house of God. Hey, man, don't, don't, don't. And I had a guy tell me one time, well, I changed churches because I'm more comfortable with this other church. I said, well, that's the last place you need to be then. Amen. You need to get uncomfortable every now and then. Amen. If you're, if the word of God is always comforting to you, you need a new preacher. You, you're, you're getting ripped off of your tithes. If he don't, That's why we took up offering first before I preach. Amen. If he don't tell you, you got to turn around. If he don't tell you, you got to get rid of that bad spirit. If he don't teach you, you got to repent of your sins. You're getting ripped off. Well, I want to be comfortable. Well... It's a sad story. There was a man came in here one day, dressed like a woman, hair like a woman, everything like a woman except his arms. I thought, that's a man. His arms are bigger than mine. So I went back there, began to pray for him. And, and uh, you know, these pronouns, good Lord. I just use the ones I learned at school. I said, God touch him and he's just like said God bless him I said repent it was like the devil went he grabbed his purse (laughs) took off running then he goes home and gets on his computer and gives me a Google review. <laughs> you know what he said? I'm not ever going to that church again. He said, the pastor put his hands on me and said something. or something. I don't remember what he said. And he said, so I'm going to go to this other church. Because I feel so much more comfortable there. You know what? You know what the sad thing is? That man, six months ago, took his life. But he was comfortable. I, well, I feel like I just hit something. I, I've never been to a comfortable church. I want somebody to challenge me. I want somebody to push me. I, I, God help us today. God help us today. I preach to this church many times. You can find the will of God by doing just the opposite of what your flesh wants to do. That's what my pastor told me, and he hurt my feelings. 
you, you <laughs> see, because when I felt I was, I was called to preach, I knew exactly where I was going. Exactly. I, I don't know if I've ever even told this, but I, I come from this little community called Ward or Austin. And there was a church that had gone bankrupt or whatever, and they foreclosed. Brother, I knew. It's where my family is. All my backslidden cousins, all my school heathens. I'm going to win every one of them. So I went up there. Brother, I started marching around that church seven times and looking in the windows. Praise God. I knew exactly. I don't know why I'm telling this. I knew exactly what God's will was for my life. Amen. I thought, man, I'm fixing to turn my old stomping grounds upside down. Praise God, I finally got direction for my life. A week later, my pastor called me and said, Brother Motes, I want you to go to Hot Springs. <laughs> Didn't know one person in Hot Springs. Every time I came here, it stormed. People begged money from me. I hated it. It's kind of country. I didn't really like all that city life stuff. And he said, you can find the perfect will of God by doing just the opposite. I got to thinking about it. I got to thinking about it. I probably wouldn't have won one person in Cabot, Arkansas. I'd probably had a church of four people right now. Because probably all they'd ever seen was the 15-year-old me or the 17-year-old me. God put the wool over all y'all. <laughs> he blocked the before Christ stuff. Guess what? One of my good friends and he was the quarterback in Cabot. And the weirdest thing. My brother called me, FaceTimed me the other day. and I was busy. I thought, man, I can't do that right now. I'll call him back in just a little bit. He FaceTimed me again. I thought, oh, he must be serious. So anyway, I'm just telling off of myself. So I answered the phone. It was a, a guy I ain't seen in 30-something years. My old buddy. He said, my Lord, you're preaching? He said, I need to go. I need to see what's going on. I said, well, where are you at, man? He said, I'm living in Haskell. He almost came last week, but he fell and did something. I don't know. Guess what? He's going to come get the Holy Ghost. I thought I needed to be there. God said, no, you need to be here. I'll bring them to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. But anyway, I got to preach my message real fast. Anyway, they become unrecognizable. Unrecon Sin will make you unrecognizable. God sent prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. I think the reason he was called the weeping prophet is because he's like one of the last ones. Before they go into captivity. There's just something about the end of somebody backsliding that it's like 
It's almost like a funeral. It's almost like watching somebody that's alive die. It's the saddest, grieve, grievous thing you've ever seen. Especially after you put your life into them. Jeremiah's crying. He's, he's weeping. He's looking at them. And, and they're, they're hurt. These people are hurt. I'm telling you, the world will hurt you. The enemy will destroy you. And he's looking at the effects of all this sin and he's just weeping and crying. He begins to say something that they're familiar with. They're familiar with the healing ointment. They're, they're used to it. This is what they've known. And Jeremiah, the words of God, begins to say something rhetorical. When he's looking at broken people, this is the context. Is there not balm in Gilead? He's looking at devastated people. He's saying, is it because there's not a physician? It's rhetorical. It means there absolutely is. There is a God. I'm telling you, when your heart's messed up, a pill ain't going to fix it. Hey, this might not be popular. I'm telling you, when you're messed up on the inside, you may disguise it. You may hide it. But there's only one ointment that's going to fix it. You know who the most depressed, messed up, suicidal people are? It's the ones that the enemy has destroyed. I was reading what a, a young man that was, had changed himself into a woman and as a very young child. And now he was like in his 20s and he said, everybody hates me, including myself. Tell you, that's where the enemy wants to get every person in this building. Thinking there's nothing that can fix you. Amen. But I've got to thank you for letting me build a 50-minute foundation. Now I've got a five-minute message. There's balm. Still. They may say it don't happen now. I'm telling you it does. There's still a healer. In the house of God. I said there's still a physician. That can take people to, from broken homes. and Messed up minds. And people that don't trust anybody. Because things that's. I've come to declare there is bomb. How do you know? Because it happened to me. 
and a bunch more people. Hey, I wonder if God, if God has helped you. I want you to lift your hand right now. I'm not talking about just a healing in your body. I'm talking about a healing of your mind. A healing of your direction. Come on, church. I want you to look around right now. I want you to look around what all God has done. There's balm in Gilead. This is the question. Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? If there is balm, if there is a healing ointment, he said, why are the people so messed up? Why? It's Jeremiah. Why? Are there so many lives messed up? Well, thank the Lord. And I'll tell you why. This is what the Lord dealt with me about yesterday in prayer. Somebody needs to get the wagon loaded. It, you could walk across a river dehydrated. Never take a drink. Get on the other side. Walk out as dehydrated as you were when you went in. I'm telling you, church. People have got to learn how to reach for God. I, I, I don't know if preaching's different. I don't think it is. I don't know if people are different. I don't know if the world's different. I don't know. If life is so much busier, but I can remember as a little boy when people would preach. Preachers would come and preach. People, when they get moved in their spirit, they just get up, start walking for that altar. I'll tell you what's happening. The word of God has become entertainment to people. Instead of balm, instead of something that could heal, it's become entertainment. Who's got the neatest little saying, the neatest little revelation thing? We're not looking for a saying. We're not looking for a cliche. We're looking for a healing uh, for the broken. Uh, healing uh, for people that are hurt. Uh, healing. Come on, why don't you stand together with me? I'd say when I return, will there be any faith left on the earth? Amen. In the name of Jesus.
Come on, prayer warriors, help me pray right now. The greatest thing that could ever happen to you is right here at this altar today. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life or you don't even know what we're talking about. You gotta learn how to step it. God, I'm broken. I'm disappointed. It hadn't gone my way. Sick in my body. Life has thrown me a curve. telling you there's healing in this place there's healing in this house I wish everybody in this place would begin to cry out to the Lord move these chairs out of the way make room come on there's people in this place you need you need God you need God in a bad way. <laughs> you need God to help you. You need God to restore your faith. You need God to restore the joy of your salvation. <laughs> you need God. <laughs> Come on. Is it because it's not here? No, the anointing's here. The anointing's here to break the yoke and destroy it. The ointment's here. The presence of God is here. Come on, is there anybody that would just say, God, help me. Huh. Strengthen me. Huh. I need you. God, my battles. God, I'm concerned. There's things I'm worried about, God. Things keeping me awake. I'm troubled. There's addictions I can't quit, God. There's things I'm trying to get away from. God, if you touch me, God, if you'd help me. God, if you give me one touch, I believe. I still believe. I still believe, God. I still believe, God. Come on. Come on, why don't you pray until the Holy Ghost begins to pray through you? On the Holy Ghost is your comforter. Spirit of God is that ointment today. It's that healing for the nations. Healing for your life. Healing for your home. 
Come on, you got to pray until it begins to flow. Out of your belly shall flow. Flow. Oh, rivers, rivers, rivers of living water. Come on, why don't you help somebody right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shut up, Bobo.